Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and as ever, I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing my favourite childhood film, E.T., which was released on the 9th of December 1982 in the UK and way earlier on the 11th of June 1982 in the USA. But as ever, before we do that, we're just going to talk briefly about the E.T. ride in Universal Studios Orlando, which opened on the 7th of June 1990 and thankfully is still sitting there somehow. So this makes me very, very happy. Uh, I think the E.T. ride has probably been mentioned in practically every previous podcast we've ever done. At some point it will be mentioned. So I'm not yeah. sure what we can say about it that we Any have more, yeah. already. Or if um, people are like, oh, I wonder what they think of the ET ride. Yeah, to find out. So literally, just pick a podcast and <laughs> I'll find a way to shoehorn it into conversation. It is, I think the ET ride, though, it is one of those things, like, I remember, like, going there as a child and the queues being, like, massive and, like, like there is an element I feel like Universal have really just sort of been like oh just stick someone in there you yeah. know like when you first used to go and you'd, you'd go in you'd get given your passport you'd have yeah. to like say your name and like obviously there was like the queues were like insane and stuff whereas mm-hmm. now it does feel a little bit like oh it's a 10 minute queue like no they don't ask your name they don't give you a passport et doesn't say bye to you you know it's it's a bit more you know they've 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 let it go a bit i yeah i don't think they're giving it as much attention and you know it could be it just doesn't appeal to younger people now maybe they don't know what et is and it's just appealing to people in their sort of mid to late 30s early 40s I don't know, but it is kind of a nostalgia thing, isn't it, I think? Yeah, and it is a good ride. Like, Firstly, the smell, mm, the smell like we've is, said. Uh, the yeah. smell is like, if you could bottle that, I think you'd be a millionaire. Um, what is that smell? I don't if know, it's just tell so us nice. What that smell is, because I, I would, I'd pay good money to have my house smelling like that. I just really want a candle that smells like it. Mm. And I just think, I don't know what it is, I just really like the queue. I think the queuing is my favourite bit of the ride. You know, when you're like in this forest and like it's just, you can hear like little noises and it's like all the anticipation. Yeah, it is very calming. Yeah, it's a very calming queue. It's probably one of the only cues where you don't feel frantic or rushed it's yeah i i don't know what it is about the queue and obviously i really like the ride i like i like the first bit more when it's actually part of the film rather than when you land on et's planet and obviously that's just made up for the ride but the first part when you fly over the moon in a, on a bike well i mean i i cry Every time I go on that ride. (laughs) The last time I went, I went with my friend and she refused to go on it any more than twice because I got on, went on, made her get back on, go on again. And she was like, I'm not doing a third. This is just embarrassing. I, well, yeah, I would agree. And Mm. also, like, I mean, I would never cry on it. Um, (laughs) Like, it is, like that is something about it and I don't know whether it's because it's not so much the ride for me but it's like I that is probably one of like the rides in the in 
Universal that I remember being at when I was young and mm. you know quite enjoying it I do like it when you're like sat on that bike and you sort of just go you know you go sort of quite flying off quite it's a bit sort of you know jerky isn't it, it but it's is sort actually. of it's like oh <laughs> off you go it is and if you if you're lucky enough to get up the front which, yes yeah last month when I went um again by myself for the third time they just put me straight at the front I think they thought there was something wrong with me because I was tear stained I just kept walking off and walking straight back on again they put me up the front with ET oh they didn't even put anyone else on the bike. I was going to say, did they? Did they put anyone else? On the no, bike? they didn't. I rode it. I rode it alone. I think that may may have been for health and safety of others. But I loved it. It was great. It was just me and Et. My my worry was last time I went, I thought this is going to go. This is going to be the last chance I get to go on it. I didn't think it would survive a year after, and it's still there. It is. It's been removed from the LA one, and it's been removed from the Tokyo one. Oh. So it is a little bit like a ticking time bomb. Well, it was removed from LA in 2003, I checked, before coming on here. So it's... Oh, okay. I mean, well, that yeah, bomb's been lasting a long, long time. time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're going to do a new E.T. film? I don't think so. I think it's too precious. I don't. <laughs> no, but I just like, obviously, you think it is, but they've remade practically every other, you know, they've, they remake films all the time. You know, like, if you were going to say, and I know obviously you would disagree because it's like your personal thoughts, but, you know, if there was a film which was going to be too precious to remake, it would be something like Beauty and the Beast, which they've done. No, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, yes, but it is. But I, I tell you what, I guarantee you, in Steven Spielberg's lifetime, this will never be remade. Now, after he's died, possibly. But there's no way, all the while that man is alive, it will ever be remade. He wouldn't allow it. He wrote it. He, he owns it. I just think it's it's probably like it's time. I think that it could be done again. No need. It's timeless. There's nothing that, that there's hardly any. Well, we'll get onto that. Let's just go straight into the film now. We've talked enough about the ride. We've talked about it previously. We'll probably talk about it on the next podcast at some point. <laughs> so let's just go straight into the film. And I think it's dated by obviously some of the clothing and things like that and the technology. But on the whole, you could be watching this at any point and it could be valid. Um, obviously, this is a very you know of important film to you absolutely it is um so i think you, you know you're a little bit blinkered i first saw this film my uncle managed to get hold of it on pirate video which i'm sorry but that as i said before it was the 80s that was the dumb thing and it just blew me away Utterly. I remember where the whole family sat down to watch it because it, it had been out in the USA for about six months prior. So it was such a big thing over there and the excitement of it coming over here. We got it at the same time as it was in the cinema and the whole family sat and watched it. So, you know, I'm crying at the age of what, 1984, so I'm crying, my nan's crying, my mum's crying, auntie's crying, even my dad was crying. My granddad was not crying, he fell asleep. But everyone else, you know, it just it just touched people. Yeah, and it, it can again. It doesn't need to, just replay the original. No, because, though it, you know, it is outdated. Well, we'll go through it as we always do, and then you tell me the bits that are outdated. Okay? Okay. That's fair. Well, I just think the whole, firstly, like, you know, the whole how E.T. looks and stuff. Oh, so you want to change what he looks like? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just update him a bit. I mean, 
I don't know how much you know about the film. The face was based on Albert Einstein, apparently. Okay, and you can see the, the likeness there. But, I mean, obviously now it would be all CGI. So is that a special? I don't know. Because E.T. was an actual puppet on, on the set. They had a young boy that, that had no um, legs in real life. He was like 12, 13. He was inside E.T. walking him around. Well, that's lovely, isn't it? You wouldn't oh, be, you would not be allowed to do shit like that these days. But you know what? He appears on the DVD. He's appeared on the DVD. I'm not sure he's still with us, so I, I don't know. But he has done interviews about it, and he seemed to enjoy it. I mean, they let him out. He didn't have to stay in there all day. Good, good. But it was so real. I, I, when I rewatched it for um, this, I watched the DVD extras. Drew Barrymore was on there. She was talking and saying that in between takes, she used to sit with E.T. because she was only five or six herself. And she used to really believe, you know, that, that in her mind she knew it couldn't be real. But, you know, there was always an element of maybe this is real. And I think that's really lovely. Yeah, I did. I And I have watched an interview where she said when they used to leave set, like she'd go and put a jacket on him and stuff so he wouldn't get cold. But to yeah. be fair, Carla, like she was five or six. You know, it's like my nephew would believe in Santa. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, she's five. We're not suggesting that any listeners that Santa isn't real, by the way. Uh, you know, and they filmed it in... Uh, sequence which is rarely done in films they filmed it in sequence so that the kids could get attached and when you see Gertie crying as E.T.'s being brought back to life she didn't know that was going to happen and those are I mean probably a little bit cruel and you probably wouldn't do this again to a child but she genuinely thought he died and they were bringing him back to life and the reaction you see on the screen where she jumps and bursts into tears was was a genuine reaction I think that's awful. <laughs> what great TV where I can like, you know, or a great movie where hopefully this will go down on a classic where I like let a child believe that this is all real and that her little friends died. How wonderful and funny and what a great shot I'm going to get. Good for me. Steven Spielberg is her godfather. I think he knew pretty, you know, knew her well enough. She could cope. Done pretty well out of it since. I mean, and I, I do admire this, and I'm not. I mean, rarely talk about anything sensible about actors and actresses, but I do admire Drew Barrymore that she's mega famous now, but she never turns her back on the film that made her, and I think that's really nice. She turns up to all the reunions. She never gets tired of being asked about it, and she must be sick of it by now. But that's I, also probably because it's her godfather. Well, possibly. You know, so it's a bit like, oh, God, it's family, isn't it? Can't say no to that. Yeah, still, it's nice, isn't it? She could refuse to talk about it. She's the only one that remained really famous out of everyone. Hmm. Okay. Right, let's start off. So we, at the start, see the woods. We see a spaceship. We see little alien hands picking plants up. Then some men arrive, and all the little extraterrestrials flee. But we see one E.T. with his little red belly lit that can't run fast enough, and the spaceship flies away without him. This opening scene went on for a long time. I mean, I would agree, actually, because when I was little and used to watch it on video, my dad just used to forward it into about half hour into the film. Yeah. Because he knew that I just wouldn't sit still for the first part. So th this part of the film I'm not as familiar with because I was so used to it just being uh, suddenly he was in Elliot's house. So, yeah, it is quite a long build-up for a kid's film. So then it cuts to Elliot's house and you've got Michael and his friends who, uh, well, they're teasing him a little bit, aren't they, and saying that he can only play cards with them or whatever they're playing is it some kind of game i don't know if he goes outside to collect the pizza where's the mum i think you, you what you're seeing is a fractured household isn't it that the the mum's struggling to cope the dad's obviously got uh, another woman he's left them 
and it's a little bit like the kids are running, not running riot, because I think they're still polite, nice to their mum, but she maybe doesn't have much control over them right now. You know, it's just a bit random, I thought. So then yeah. obviously go outside and then he goes to get the pizza, doesn't he? And then he hears mm-hmm. a noise. Yeah. And rather than either just walking back in with the pizzas, what he's got to do, because he went from the front of the house to the back of the house. Yeah. He decides to take the pizzas with him. Takes the pizzas with him and he throws a baseball into sort of, I don't know if it's an outhouse or a shed and someone throws it back. Yeah. So he, t- he runs in and he does tell Michael after dropping the pizzas on the floor and his friends all run out grabbing knives <laughs> as they go. <laughs> Different time. I, I did think it was an odd reaction, but I don't know. Maybe that, I think Michael's supposed to be about 15, 16, isn't he? Maybe teenagers would show off like that. Yeah, and like I'm sure there's this criminal in there who just throws baseball back. just sat in the shed so they see uh, little footprints which are obviously ETs but they think it's um, coyotes so Elliot hears more noises and gets up again in the night he sees ET but ETs are scared as he is this is the first time we catch a glimpse of ET and he runs away yes and then he goes so he I think it's a spit I can't he he then goes and sleeps outside, doesn't he? Well, he, he sleeps up a little bit later. It, it, right now, he drops a load of Reese's pieces to try and find him again, doesn't he? He goes around the forest, tries to, to entice him oh. by dropping Reese's pieces, which, by the way, they wanted to use M&M's, and M&M would not give Steven Spielberg permission to use them in this film. And I think they probably feel rather foolish now. Because apparently Reese's Pieces, like, trebled in sales after this. Oh. But I would imagine it's still now M&M's bigger, so... Maybe not during the year of 1982, Well, maybe not that year, but... I always thought they were smarties when I was little, because obviously we didn't have Reese's Pieces over here then. They weren't a thing, so... I used to give my little toy E.T., I used to try and stuff Smarties into his mouth. Did he eat them? (laughs) Didn't eat them. His mouth stayed sewn shut. (laughs) I still have my E.T., by the way. He sits in my old bedroom at my mum's house, and I will never get rid of him. Uh, We cut to dinner with... Uh, Mum and Michael again and this is the point we meet uh, Drew Barrymore so Gertie Michael's mocking Elliot and then um, Elliot's still going on about this ET that he's seen and the mum says why don't you call your father and he says I can't he's in Mexico with Sally so and he oh. said, this is weird because the mum seems like really shocked like she doesn't know but well, obviously he'd have like if he knows his dad's in Mexico, then surely he'd have come off the phone and been like, oh, I just spoke to dad, he's in Mexico. I don't know, I just find it really weird. And then she says something like, oh, I always wanted to go. She says something, doesn't she, like that? Yeah, she says, well, she says he hates Mexico. Oh, yeah, yeah. As if, why would, why would he go with Sally? But I think it's more, I think Michael's very much aware of it and maybe he decided to keep it from his mum that the dad was away on holiday and that's what I gathered. Michael seems quite a nice son, doesn't he? Quite caring, so I think it's probably that. The bit you were talking about, but it cuts to Elliot sleep on the porch uh, or around the back, not sure where he is. And E.T. appears. This just melts me every time. He gives him his Reese's Pieces back. He just hands them over. And I think, how lovely. (laughs) I just thought, I just couldn't get over why he was asleep outside. Well, there's there's a connection, isn't there? So he was afraid, but there's something that draws him to E.T. Hmm. So, yeah, I do agree with you that he did seem very scared and then to seem scared and sleep outside the house seems a little unlikely, but we have to go along with it. 
So he entices him into the house. Like, what time was this? Because all the lights are on, but, like, nobody wakes up. Yeah, I did think it was odd, but uh, um, we see later that Gertie's room is very close to Elliot's room. It's at least next door from where they were playing. So it is, yeah, a little unbelievable. And I, for the first time ever, thought, how did E.T. get up the stairs? Because he's got, he's got no legs. He's just got, he just goes from body to feet. But he does manage to get him up those stairs. So Yeah. I do think, though, that Elliot's room is lovely. Like, I love his little, like, walk-in wardrobe bit where E.T. later sleeps. I just think it's so nice. Like, I think I just would sleep in there. I think, well, walk-in wardrobes always fascinate me because obviously we don't have them as a rule. We don't have them here. So that was the first time I'd ever seen a walk-in wardrobe, and it just blew my mind. And it was quite a good-sized one as well. It was. If anything, a little too big for a little boy. Agreed. Like, God knows what the mum's one was like. Yeah, I mean, we never saw Michael's room, so I'd yeah. imagine it would bigger and bigger as they go along. Yeah. It's insane. So, uh, Elliot notices that E.T. starts to copy him. So, when he scratches his nose, E.T. does the same. And he mimics all of his movements. Meanwhile, we see that the men we saw at the beginning are still searching through the forest. So they obviously know something has happened. I did think it was quite a big spaceship to land and no one to notice it. Oh, yeah. And then they're sort of like looking and like, was that clearing there before or or did did the spaceship make that clearing? Not 100% sure, I'll be honest. Because I was thinking, like, I myself, if, if I knew there was a clearing in a woods, that might be the first place i go. <laughs> if I was looking for a spaceship. The next day, Elliot fakes illness, which I thought was the cleverest thing ever as a child, that he puts the thermometer on yeah. the now, this was weird because I just thought, you know, maybe it's because I, you know, wasn't, I wasn't growing up in the 80s. But what parent leaves their child at home? Well, I have to say, I, I agree with you there. There's no way in hell my mum and dad would have left me alone in a house. I mean, However, he's, not, he's not old. You know, like if it was the older boy, you'd be like, yeah. OK, fine. But he's quite young. I, yeah, I can't answer that. I don't know. I don't think it was... It, uh, certainly, I don't think over here it would have been acceptable. I don't know. They were in a suburban neighbourhood, so maybe it was a bit more acceptable because later on she leaves Gertie in the house as well. He was even younger. <laughs> it was but, just ridiculous. That, yeah. We'll come to that, but that was utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree it's either a plot hole or a sign of the times, which I wasn't aware of. I mean, to be fair, my nan and granddad live around the corner from us, so I would just always go to them. But I still think my mum and dad would not have left me alone in the house. No. And then, so obviously, he fakes his illness quite a yeah. good way. That You know, it is clever how he does that. And then, yeah. um, he obviously, him and E.T., he starts showing E.T. things. So he shows him, he shows E.T. a Pez. Which is just a bit, I just thought, you know, out of all the things, let's not complicate it. It's like, well, this is someone's head coming off and the sweet pops out. I mean, E.T. could have at that point grabbed him round the neck and pulled his head back. From what I understand, and this is just going back to something I think I remember seeing, that that whole thing with Elliot showing E.T. around his room was completely unscripted and they just said to the actor, if this was real, these are all the things in front of you, just talk him through what you would want to talk to him about. So that was through the mind of Henry Thomas, who was about nine or ten at the time. Oh. So I think that was a genuine, because he was showing him the Star Wars toys, wasn't he, and pears and a, a peanut money box and I think maybe they wanted to get a true essence of what a child would show because obviously you think well this is someone from another planet why are you wasting your time talking to him about you know Darth Vader and all the back but then I guess but that's they, what he would find interesting yeah yeah 
So I think I'm fairly certain that wasn't scripted. Oh. So Michael comes home, laughs at Elliot because Elliot, you know, says you've got to swear the biggest promise you can swear and I have ultimate power and all of this. And obviously Michael thinks it's ridiculous. And then he sees E.T. and stumbles backwards into the bookcase. Which is is an absolute hazard in that room. That bookcase came down very easily. It's like the easiest thing ever. <laughs> like, a, you know, an open window with a bit of wind could have knocked it. It was an accident waiting to happen. It was. So then Gertie runs in as well and just screams her head off the minute she sees E.T., which makes him scream. And Michael pulls her and E.T. into the closet to stop the mum from hearing all of this. And, of course, they're they're worried that Gertie is going to spill the beans and sort of let the cat out of the bag. So they pretend to torture her doll until she promises not to tell. Which is kind of, that strikes me as something a big brother would do. Yeah. Then we see Gertie taking him a plant in Elliot's room. And they show him a globe and ask him where he's from. Which I think is a bit silly because, like, what are they, what what do they think? Well, they know he's from another planet. So why, why were they showing him... A glow. The map of America. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they thought you were from Europe. <laughs> Maybe. We're not known for being the most attractive. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was that was a bit weird. Hmm. So, well, obviously so did E.T. because he then takes matters into his own hands yeah. and uses the Play-Doh or plasticine, to show them the solar system. And they all float up into the air. And that kind of indicates where he's from. And whilst he's doing this, he makes the plant come back to life. It's sort of wiltering a bit. He just touches it. It comes back. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So we know he's come in peace. He just just likes plant samples. So they leave him at home while they go to school and the the mum thinks she hears a noise, doesn't she? And this is where we see E.T., uh, which is a very famous scene, hiding in in with the toys. Which I think is really sweet when he does that. Yeah. He's quite clever, E.T., isn't he? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's shown, isn't it, that he's... he's got way more intelligence than any of the humans yeah like he knows he can't be seen by the mum yeah it cuts to the school and this is where you you had a few issues didn't you with why they were dissecting frogs and i must admit that they look very young he's about nine or ten um we didn't do that until way into high school but did you ever dissect you would never have done a live one would you no, well, I, I refused to do it anyway. I didn't take part. So I don't know how... I, I really don't know. I refused to, to go into the lesson while they were doing it. I presume they were already dead. I don't know. We had to dissect a heart. Right. But obviously, like, that was... Like, you could go to... We had to just go to Sainsbury's and get it. Okay, you didn't have to, like, slaughter a pig in the class. <laughs> no, like, we never had anything live. Like, we had... We just dissected... A heart, and then I think if you did like science, G, you're not GCSE, but like science A level, or like a little bit more like serious, you know, you would do a lung or something. Our school did have mice um, that I, I think they that they used to kill. So I, as a, again, I never took part in any of those classes. I just refused to do it. But we did. They did have lots of mice. Who I suspect. I don't know whether the they were already killed by the time the kids got to them or whether the kids had to kill them. I don't know. I mean, that is yeah. awful. It, it is awful. And, yeah, absolutely vile. And it horrifies me. 
So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would just be surprised that they were so young at the time. I would have thought it was more of a high school thing to do. So what were, they, big, yeah. what were they, they were going to, they were going to cut it open, look at something and then that just like watch it like wither away in pain. No, 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 no. That's why they were putting the cotton wool balls in that had um, like chloroform on it. But that only knocks you out, doesn't it? It might, it might kill a frog. I mean, it would only put us out, but it well, might yeah, be enough, to, it'd probably be enough to kill a frog. And if not, and then it would be enough that the frog wouldn't feel what was happening to it. Either way, yeah, it's it's pretty damn grim. So as he's as they're doing that, uh, E.T. is at home and he's kind of wandering around and he drinks some beer from the fridge <laughs> and he starts to feel he starts to feel a little bit drunk, falls over, and then we see Elliot. He's starting to feel what E.T. is feeling. So Elliot is then drunk as a skunk in cast. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what was going on to begin with. Well, I don't, I don't think I truly understood it when I was younger, what was going on. No, I just thought Elliot was being silly. Yes, so I did, did I. I yeah, I didn't understand the connection or any anything to do with... I don't even think I knew what beer was at four. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah, and then obviously, yes, we start doing everything he teased him but like people didn't seem that concerned did they no i mean because et is starting to watch like a a love scene on the telly and all of a sudden elliot calls a girl towards him and gives her a kiss yeah but then that's weird because before that he like goes a bit crazy and is like obviously lets all the the frogs out and it's like i don't, yeah, don't know where the teacher was at that point no, well, he starts to let the frogs out because E.T., doesn't E.T. see something that reminds him of home? So he knows he, that he's got to release the frogs to go home. Or I, I think that was the trigger oh. of it. But, yeah, he was able to get around quite a lot of the frogs. <laughs> like, and, them out. and then it's like, obviously, it's all going a bit crazy. And then he just picks this moment, obviously, because E.T.'s seeing it, picks yeah. this moment to, like, kiss this girl. And then the teacher just obviously tell, like, obviously, like, they he separates them doesn't he well that uh, little girl grew up to be in Baywatch when she was older she was she grew up into quite a, a heart frog have you never had a heart frog lady what's the equivalent a heart frog lady no well she grew up to be in Baywatch anyway oh okay E.T. is looking at all the things around the house and he's um, picked up comic books phones Speak and Spell, which at the time was probably the must-have toy of the early 80s. I don't even know what it is. It would say a word to you, and then you would type in how you thought it was spelt, and then if you got it right, it would, like, congratulate you. Oh. And if you got it wrong, it, it would then spell it out to you so you could learn how to spell. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So they were really big things. And, of course, it was cool and educational at the same time. And I believe after this film, Speak and Spell went, like, through the roof. Oh. With sales. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Is that why you got it? Honestly, I don't know if I had it before the film or after the film, but I know I definitely had one. Oh, okay. And it was really quite the thing to have. Yeah, that was what it was. So he was obviously using it as a communication device because you could type words into it yeah and again that this is the point that i think yes this would date the film which you were going on about earlier that it needs to be remade yes that bit dates it but now what would he do go on google and find his home planet i mean you know it just wouldn't be the same would it yeah, you could probably get an uber home or something <laughs> i don't know if if that would be as exciting <laughs> or like the delivery guy like turns up and they steal his bike or something so he hides in a delivery bag <laughs> yeah rather than a basket yeah i did wonder why elliot's bike had a basket because when i was little only little girls had baskets on the front of their bikes not boys yeah and it's not even like it, it would make sense if he had an older sister 
So then the mum comes home with Gertie and we've got kind of a funny scene with Gertie because she can't keep a secret, can she? And she just permanently is trying to tell the mum that E.T. is there. Yeah. And she's saying he can talk and she thinks she's, he's talking about Elliot. She's like, of course he can talk. And then the mum knocks E.T. out with the fridge door. She said, I think you've killed him already. So then we see Gertie watching Sesame Street, I believe it's Sesame Street, and learning the alphabet. And they say B, and then she repeats it, and they say good. So E.T. then starts saying B, good. And this freaks her out because she realises that actually he can learn how to talk as well. In the meantime, Mum gets a call to pick up Elliot. Uh, and as we, as you want to touch upon, she leaves Gertie in a house by herself, which seems highly irresponsible since she's about six. I don't really know why she doesn't just take Gertie with her. That's what I don't understand. So it's like obviously the get with Elliot. It's like, okay, like, are you sure you're okay on your own? Like, I've got to go to work. Like, I kind of get that because it's a bit like, there's, you know, there's no one around. Like, if he's just going to stay in bed all day, like, just leave him be. But I do just think, like, obviously you're just going down the road. Like, she's really little. Yeah. Just put her in the car. Like, she's just, you've just come in together from the car. So, like, why wouldn't you just go out together? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the only reason is obviously that this gives her time alone with E.T. Yeah, but, but she doesn't know about point, E.T., so... Yeah, from a plot point, that it's it's very, yeah, it's iffy. <laughs> but nevertheless, she goes out and we see when Elliot comes back, he's horrified to see that she's dressed him up in a wig and a load of girls' clothes. And he looks like a little old lady, really, doesn't he, standing there? Like Gail Platt. Well, someone mentions that <laughs> shout out later on. So he goes mad and says, you know, it's not dignified, blah, blah, blah. But then he instantly calms down when he hears him speak. And he goes, Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. Lovely impression. It was very good, wasn't it? <laughs> he shows Elliot a comic which says a spaceship on it, and he says, E.T., phone home. He's telling Elliot that he needs, you know, he needs to communicate with, with his planet. He needs to go home now. This is, you know, enough's enough. I've enjoyed your Pez, but yeah. I need to go home. And your Reese's Pieces, but no. Yeah, yeah. Not for me, thank you. Yeah. Got to go back. So Michael walks in, and we see that, um, the men have tapped into listening into the garage I've put here. Yeah, why do they know he's there then? I'm not sure, I've got to say, and I still didn't pick it up this time as to how they've managed to trace him back to Elliot's house, unless they followed the trail of Reese's Pieces. I really don't know. And I like uh, this because E.T. then heals Elliot's finger. He cuts his finger and he says, ouch, and he instantly touches his finger and heals it. Yeah, so E.T. would be quite a good, you know, a good thing to have in in the world. He's, uh, he's got healing properties. He's peaceful. He's intelligent. Quite useful to have around. Yeah, we just need a load of ETs, really, and get rid of the humans, don't we? It'd be a much nicer world. We see that ET is building a device and that the plant is dying. And we can assume that means that ET is dying. He needs to go home now. We cut to Halloween. Now, this used to really confuse me when I was a kid because we didn't have... I mean, Halloween was obviously around, but we didn't do this in... In 1982, no one used to dress up in Halloween costumes or anything like that. But obviously in America, it was a big thing then, and it's a big thing now. So they dress E.T. up in a sheet to pretend it's Gertie going as a ghost. And they tell Gertie to meet them at a meeting point miles away. Again, a little bit reckless to send a six-year-old to, you know, go off by herself (laughs) and stand miles away probably just said meet us out the back door (laughs) (laughs) 
you know. But it, it is a funny scene that we see um, Michael is going as, I don't know what he's dressed up as. A but he has not The days before, you you know, you could get away with saying something <laughs> like, I'm not sure a terrorist walks around with a knife sticking out of his head. But <laughs> well, God knows. That's a, you know, a careless terrorist. But it's, it's, it's funny because we see E.T. obviously thinks he's cut himself and as they're standing there trying to keep him quiet, he keeps trying to say, ouch, and, you know, heal Michael's head. So the mum takes a photo and the flash goes on make, making him fall over. She's completely unaware. And they all say thank you. And E.T. says thank you. And she's still much. completely unaware. Yeah, I, I think she just, I, I think she just thinks Gertie's weird, and that's the kind of <laughs> weird thing she would do. Yeah, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever, kid. And isn't it weird, because I, I thought originally the mum was going to go out with them. Yeah, she doesn't, does she? Because she's all dressed up and then stays indoors by herself. Yeah. What's she getting dressed up for? Is she still going anywhere? <laughs> Is there someone dressed up as Yoda? And start shouting home, home, which was quite amusing, wasn't it? That he thinks Yoda's from his planet. Yeah. So they, they meet Gertie in the middle of nowhere. She's just been standing there abandoned. And Elliot takes E.T. on his bike into the woods. And we hear the music for the first time as they saw across the moon in the most famous scene you know, one of the most famous scenes in cinema history, let's face it. Yeah, probably. I don't, I don't yeah. really know what, like, you know, other famous scenes. You know, I'm not really no, that clued up, so I'll give you that. Well, that that is the logo for Spielberg's films now. Every single Spielberg yeah. film will start with that. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty big, isn't it? I actually thought, if you watch this with the sound down, like just on subtitles, you probably wouldn't cry. It's the music that tips you over the edge. But that's like a lot of films, isn't it? It's like if you watch yeah. a horror film without the music, it's not actually scary. Yeah, I yeah, I, I could... Well, when we eventually have to do a, a Hitchcock film, if we do Psycho, I will just watch it with the music down. Yeah, so and like, obviously, and without like the noises, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, they're not home, and the mum goes out to look for them. She finds Gertie and Michael walking along. <laughs> And Gertie again gives the game away. Uh, you know, she says, where's Elliot? Michael says he doesn't know. And Gertie said, why would Elliot go into the forest? And immediately tells the mum that obviously Elliot's gone into the forest. So the men are in the house laying various devices out. And we see in the forest Elliot's becoming ill. Yeah, why is this then? Well, because E.T.'s dying, so oh, Elliot's dying. right, okay. So E.T., you know, he's trying to contact his family. He's getting sick, so Elliot's getting sick. See, I said sick there to, uh, like, appeal to our American audience. Instead I didn't say of Yeah. I don't know why Americans say sick, because sick could be anything. Like, if someone says, I'm sick, whereas, you know, if you just say, I'm ill, and then you know, okay, that's a cold. Yeah, like, That's well, to right. me, I think if someone says, like, you know, if, if if we were together and then, I don't know, if one of my friends committed, or, you know, something happened and I went, oh, this is Carla, and then, you know, you said, she's sick. <laughs> that, to me, sounds quite final. <laughs> you know, like, if I said, she's sick, bad. Yeah. But they say every, they're sick for everything there. Yeah. But I, that's how I would see sick. It's it's a bit more dramatic, isn't it? Whereas if you were feeling, I'd say I was feeling unwell. Feeling rough. Or ill. But yeah, never sick. Unless feeling a bit dizzy. Would you say you were feeling, no, you wouldn't say you're feeling a bit dizzy. I would never in a million years say that. <laughs> Ever. That's just me. Would you say you're feeling a bit off colour? No. Oh. I'd say I just feel I'm feeling unwell or I'm not feeling great. I'd say I'd feeling a bit Tom and Dick. No, you wouldn't. 
you go and get your your pie and mash and eel or whatever <laughs> and you put your pearly jacket on <laughs> no i don't say dicky i wouldn't say tom and dick but i do say you know if i'm feeling other i'll feel a bit dicky that, i think that's from, from round there i think that's a normal expression to use and it's when people say that word and then say tommy like i yeah. just do not need to know that much information thank you i've got a dicky tummy oh. <laughs> back to the film anyway i digress it cuts to the morning the police are in the house Report uh, after uh, Elliot has been reported missing, and then he just turns up. Mum doesn't seem you know, that bothered. I think I, I can only assume, and again, I think it's you know a plot hole, or not necessarily a hole, but something you're just supposed to suspend belief for. But I guess she knows he's voluntarily out. Like he hasn't, she doesn't think he's been kidnapped. She knows that he chose to go out. True. So he looks very ill, Elliot, and he asks Michael to go and find E.T., which he does. But he sees men are following him. He manages to get rid of them, but E.T.'s laying, looking very pale. Sort of face down in the dirt, practically, isn't he? Face down in the river, and a raccoon is after him, which Michael flaps away. I mean, that was the best scene of all. It's a very upsetting Thing. The raccoon. Yeah, I don't want the raccoon to eat E.T. He wouldn't have eaten him. He wasn't trying to make him better, Holly. I just liked that scene. So he he takes him home, and the the men follow him. They show the mum. They don't know what to do. So what you what do you do when you're a kid and don't know what to do? You ask your mum what you got to do, and she completely freaks out. Obviously, when she sees this alien laying on the floor. But the, now this is always the scene that, that starts my mum and my auntie off crying is when he holds his arms out and says, Mum, that does... I don't cry at that bit, but that's the bit that, that tips them over the edge. So maybe it, it's a maternal thing. Maybe. I find that very upsetting when he does that. But she doesn't pick E.T. up. She picks Gertie up or uh, Elliot instead. Yeah, and this is this annoys me because she sort of is like, oh, get out the room, get out the room. And it's like, yeah. uh, well, we've been playing with him for the last however many days. Yeah. I get it would be weird. You know, I understand that. <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought her reaction was odd. Yeah, she seems quite panicked. But Elliot has just said, I think we're both dying. So maybe she's like, what the hell was this alien put into his head? Mm, true. But I do think, you know, if obviously it must have been in the papers and stuff that um, there was an alien sighting. Was there not? I don't think there was. Oh, right, okay. That's the thing. I don't think there was anything reported about this great big spaceship landing the the men that raid the house in space suits i did think that they were seemed a bit stern to be doing it like this i don't understand why they couldn't have you know it's only a mum and a single mum and her three children it's not like they need to do a house raid and quite a and why were they in space suits well, I suppose contamination. They don't know whether he's carrying diseases or he needs to be in quarantine, I guess. But that's fine. Like, they can wear, like, they can wear masks. suits like that, but they weren't wearing, like, those masks. They were wearing, like, NASA suits, weren't they? <laughs> they were, yeah, they, they did look to me like they borrowed them from NASA. <laughs> yeah. So they seal off the house. They uh, question... Uh, mum and the kids michael tries to explain that he communicates via elliot and elliot feels et's feelings they're both wired up next to each other in the house um, and there's a nice scientist guy there that kind of takes pity on him and talks to elliot and you know asks him about the machine that et's making and elliot explains that he needs to go home et tells elliot he has to stay that this is the bit that from here on in i'm a wreck absolute wreck the minute et tells elliot he's got to stay and then he dies himself well 
Broken. Don't even bother to talk to me. As E.T. dies, Elliot comes back to life. He comes back to full health. And this was the scene I was talking to you about where Gertie starts to cry during the recess because she, in, in real life, thought it was, it was real. Um, but was there any part of this scene that moved you a little bit? No. No, nothing. No. Well, did you did you think maybe he died? No. No. Okay. <laughs> so the nice scientist leaves Elliot alone with E.T. He tells E.T. he loves him, and it's it a really. I, I think this kid did really well in this scene. I don't. I don't normally, I'm not a big child actor fan. I think, I think there's very few children that can actually act. But I do think he did this well. I think it seemed quite genuine the way he was. He did, he was annoying me though at this bit. Like, obviously, I know he's like super sad and stuff, but like, you mm. didn't see E.T.'s heart go red and he didn't see the plant come back to life for ages. And I just was like, oh, look around. <laughs> Yeah, so we see, uh, Elliot doesn't notice, but we see that E.T.'s heart lights up and that the plant starts to come back to life. Now, I don't know if his heart lit up the minute Elliot said he loved him. I'd like to think so, that that's all he needed was love to bring him back. Yeah, maybe then. But he sees the plant, he realises, obviously, E.T.'s come back to life, runs over, opens up the body bag, and E.T. keeps saying, E.T. phone home, E.T. phone home. And he's turning to be quiet. Covers his, his, uh, his stomach with a sheet so you can't see it's lit up. And then runs and tells Michael that they've got to do something. At this point, Gertie yet again puts her foot in it and gives the game away and says, have they left yet? And she's like, who? And she said, I'm supposed to give you this note when the boys are gone. She's not a reliable source at all, is she? She's really not. Absolutely not. No. And I just think that, you know, obviously, I just can't imagine the scientist would just leave E.T. unattended. Like, it's like the, probably one of the biggest things ever, them discovering this. Yes, I agree. I agree. It would be like discovering an alien now. There is no way on Earth Elliot would have been left alone with him. Like, not, you know, maybe give him time to speak to him, but there would have been people present at all times. Yeah. Somehow, they managed to drive off. Uh, Michael has only been allowed to drive his mum's car. And bad. Reversing down the driveway. (laughs) Yeah. And all of a sudden, he now has to drive a van. So they drive off with E.T. in the back. And, and some poor people. <laughs> I mean, I was the whole. Actually, I was going to say like the whole thing about this. Like, I was on tender hooks, thinking like, are they going to die? What the people? Yes. I don't care about them. I care about ET. Well, I cared about them. Well, that's ridiculous. I was really worried that they were just going to like go flying off round a corner and hit into another car. Oh, Holly, who cares? Um, now, he does manage to stop very briefly, Michael, and ask his friends to meet him. But the mum drives after them uh, with Gertie and the scientist in tow. They're now all on the bikes. And obviously another famous scene, E.T. in the basket, he makes them fly. Yeah, this is a good scene and it reminds me of the ride. Yeah, so this is basically the ride that you're experiencing in the film now, isn't it? This is what you're recreating on the yeah. ride, is the getaway. Um, they managed to, to get away, because obviously they're flying, and the spaceship arrives. Yeah. And Gertie, Mum, and the scientist catch up with them. Now, the spaceship has arrived. No one else has spotted it, luckily. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, I'm already, as I said, I'm already crying at this point anyway, but this is just heart-wrenching. I just can't take it. It actually gives me a pain in my eye when I watch this scene. <laughs> Not your heart, just your eye. 
my eye. Like I think I don't know if I'm getting a migraine or what happens, but I actually get a shooting pain in my eye when when I watch this scene. It's just so distressing for me. So he tells um, Gertie to be good, and she gives him her plant, which is which is nice because he likes the plant. He thanks Michael for helping him. Very polite. He is. I said this. He's so lovely. Et. He's really nice and polite. Yes. Yes, he is. And then the big goodbye with uh, Elliot, where he tells Elliot to come with him, and Elliot says he needs to stay. I think Elliot and should have gone for like you know a bit. A little trip. Yeah. Broaden his horizons. Exactly. He could have lived off that. The boy who yeah. went to outer space. Um, so he says, ouch, because obviously it's hurting them. But they're having to say goodbye. They hug. And then E.T. says the line that this is what does me in as I'm leaving the ride. That as you're walking off of the ride, you hear E.T. say, I'll be right here. Oh, my God. Literally, by the time I get in that gift shop, I am just embarrassing. Like, I, I am so glad we've never been on this ride together. Yeah, I'd be like wanting a hug or some kind of comfort and you'd be just like, don't touch me. Get the hell away from me. I just would go on right. Men in Black just to get away from you. That's how bad. I mean, that's that bad. Yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, I find that quite insulting. That's, that's the ultimate insult. <laughs> You would rather go on Men in Black than hang around with me. Or I'd have so to take get... you over to Simpsons just so you could get angry. So I'd just yeah. be like, oh, I love this ride. I love the Simpsons area. It's amazing. And then you'd be like, no, it's not right. And I'd be like, oh, back to normal. Thank you. Yeah, that's, yeah. see, you sold yeah. it without having to be mean. No need. <laughs> no need. I I did think this. I did say like this scene was really emotional. Obviously. Okay, so you finally felt emotional. Yeah, now. like I think he is. Elliot is a very good actor. So overall, I mean, I know you're being kind. I can sense you're being kind because you don't want to set me off. But you know, good film deserves to be a classic. I'll accept you think it's a little dated, but. Yeah, I think, think it's, it holds you know, it's, it's a nice, easy watch, isn't it? Yeah. It is quite sad at the end. So we've had some shout-outs for it. We'll do the Instagram shout-out first. So we've got Lyle, who has appeared on the show. If you want to know more about Lyle, go and listen to the Mummy episode. He says, just makes me think of Gail Platt. So anyone uh, listening in America, there's uh, our longest-running soap opera in England or Britain is Coronation Street. There's a character in it that possibly has a a slight resemblance to E.T. At A. Terry 88 said, I still remember the smell of the ride years later. Another fan. Memorable smell, yeah. Absolutely. At Rough Giraffe Podcast said, I, when I was a child, I watched this film and bawled my eyes out all night. I tried watching it again last year and sobbed and sobbed. I was inconsolable for hours and I've now been banned from watching this film. Oh, you two should hang so out. I guess, yeah, well, this is uh, the Rough Giraffe Podcast who are great. They're Mum and Stacey. So go and check them out. It's a very funny podcast. They were the ones that called us, um, what was it, Carlo and Collie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At Snowden72 said, this was my favourite. I had the E.T. stuffed doll. Let's go on to the Twitter shout out. And they say that they had the E.T. stuffed, t- stuffed doll, where you can say you have the E.T. I do have it. stuffed, stuffed yeah. doll. I didn't have the furry version. I had the one that was actually in keeping with what your skin was. So it was like, not leather, but that effect. Oh, a bit rubbery. Yeah, kind of, yeah. But he was cuddly, but he didn't he didn't have fur on him. Oh. He was authentic. 
competition. At Forgotten TV show said, I first saw this at the mall with my brother. Everyone cried at the end. Six years later, I pre-ordered it on video at the video store. And this was the first movie I ever bought. So just to explain to you, in the when videos first came out in the 80s, you couldn't buy them uh, on anywhere near the scale of turnaround you do now. They used to come out of the cinema and then you'd have to wait about five years for them to come out for you to buy them. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say about five years. At Real Pigeon, who you should go and follow, not because he's a podcast, but just because he's very, very funny. Is he a Real Pigeon? He isn't a real pig. That's the twist. His name's Gary. Who expected that? Gary the pigeon. He's not even a pigeon. He's Gary the the man. I mean, it's complete false advertising. Gary the human. Yeah. So he says, first film I ever saw at the pictures and I loved it. So fond memories there. Now, does I still call it the pictures? Is that acceptable nowadays to call it the pictures? Because I I call it that all the time, but I have noticed not a lot of people do. Um, I would say no, and actually, I didn't want to be rude to Gary, um, the human, but I I've never I've never called it the pictures. I call it the pictures all the time. I'm more likely to call it the pictures than the cinema. I call it the cinema on the podcast because I'm aware I, that I need to. Say- I would just say I'm going to the cinema. I would never mm. say that. I would I would say the movies over the pictures. No, you can't say the movies. I would I would say that over you, the look, pictures. But not as you've ridiculous as saying the pictures. Ridiculous. No, because the pictures is okay. That saying I'm going to the movies if you're not got an American accent, I would just think idiot. I just never. I never noticed. Like, never saw it. At dot nukes says Reese's Pieces. That's all he says. At Maynard is old says best part of E.T. is the universal ride because E.T. gives every rider a shout out. Not anymore. Sadly, not right now. I, I'm still holding out. They might bring it back. I'm not too hopeful. But, yes, I did used to like it when you used to say your name. Yeah. It very nice. Yeah, it was good. At Culture Gogo says, love E.T. the movie, and I love the ride at Universal. And then we've had only one negative comment. Oh. Yeah. And this is from at Largo 6583, who says, I've never liked this. My favourite, oh, sorry, my favourite benign extraterrestrial visitor mm. is Clay, Clay too, in sci-fi classic, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Now, Largo, if I've said it wrong, you know me, don't know anything about sci-fi, I apologise. Probably said it wrong, probably offended you. Sorry. So that's that. Is there anything you would like to add? No, I don't think so. You know, I think that it's it's a good film. I I understand why people love it. You know, it is quite emotional at the end. But I think with a I think the only thing I'd say is a lot of the films obviously we've been watching, you know, there has been some classics in there. Back to the Future, E.T., Jaws and stuff. You know, there's a few good scenes in it, but apart from them, they, you know, I think because they've always been so quite overhyped that sometimes they, they can't really live up to my expectations. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think if you no, watch it, like, when, you know, you're young and then you've got, like, all these memories around it, sometimes it's better than me just going into it knowing, like, E.T.'s... Obviously, I probably have seen E.T. before, but I can't really remember it. But, you know, like, knowing E.T.'s this, like, massive thing and, like, everybody loves it and then you watch it and then you're a bit... I can't probably ever really live live up to expectation. I do know what you mean, actually, because I watched um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, which obviously is a classic. I know it's a classic. I've never seen it. 
I watched it about a year ago, and I just thought, why? They, I didn't get it. And I felt really bad because obviously I'm missing something because it's like this big hype film. But I was like, I just don't get why this is so big. Yeah, and sort of in a way like Audrey Hepburn, the poster and the outfit yeah. are probably bigger than the film itself. Or you have a thing in your head where you don't really know anything about the film, so you just expect it to be a certain way. And then when it it's happens, you're a bit like, oh, I, is that it? Yeah. Because they've all got rides, we're not reviewing any film that isn't majorly hyped. True. So we, we've kind of got ourselves in a corner here where we're only reviewing films that are deemed good enough and classic enough to have a ride. So really, the expectation is going to be too high on nearly all of them for you watching it as a first time. True, because I'm not going to be like, oh, I wasn't expecting much from that film. So... You can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Instagram and Pinterest at Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can email us themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. We are also part of the Brit Pod Scene, which is www.brickpodscene.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Brit Pod Scene. And after we have finished talking, you will hear the lovely voice of Daniel from At Is Not Radio, who will tell you a little bit more about it. So thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Theme Park Films Podcast is part of Brit Pod Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or follow BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.